welcome to episode 42 of Sparkle and Destroy podcast, featuring your host, Haley Crusher Kane. Thank you for joining us for another exciting edition of Sparkle and Destroy. I say us, but I'm really just talking about me and my little wiener dog, Peyton Manning, that is curled up next to me right now. I'm here with a nice hot mug of tea, glad to be back at it, and I want to share with you on the top of the show before we get into anything, I have a new single coming out. December 20th, 2020. It's called Church of Flag, and there is a cassette and a t-shirt associated with this release that you can pre-order now. The cassette is a single. Side A features yours truly singing the song, and side B is Dr. Kane singing the song. So it's sort of a dueling vocal situation, and the song itself is a celebration of elder punk rockers everywhere, the elder statesmen and elder stateswomen of this country um, who may have a few gray hairs but still love Black Flag. This one's for you guys. The t-shirt is Jossum, I have to say. I will not say that it is Street Shark related per se, Because as many of you guys know, uh, my parents worked for and still work for Mattel, um, who made Street Sharks. And when I showed my mother the t-shirt, which is a sweet shark or a roadfish (laughs) in um, some rollerblades, all punked out, looking super cool in 90s, she said, hey, remember family friend Joe? And I said, "Oh, oh, of course, yeah. And she said, oh, well, he was one of the creators of Street Sharks. And I said, oh oh, well, I'll send this image to him. He'll love it. And you know what she said? She said, he'll sue you. So <laughs> take a look for yourself. It's available at HaleyandTheCrushers.com or go over to our band camp. That's where you can officially order, pre-order the music and um, support the band. So thank you guys so much. Let's get into the show today. I'm really excited for our guest today. It's Dustin Umberger, a.k.a. Grim Deeds, which is how I know him and most of us know him. He is a quick-witted and infinitely scrappy songwriter and the man behind bedroom pop-punk bands Grim Deeds, Deeds, and the Gungans. He is a man of the board, the skateboard that is, a blogger, and a metalhead who spends most of his waking hours tending to his suburban dad duties. However, when he has a spare moment, which he does now and then, perhaps between chores or after work, he finds time to pick up the guitar, pick up the bass, he's even playing the drums, which amazes me, and he makes his own songs happen, and sometimes he goes as far as to record the vocals in his car. Now, Dustin has his own record label, because why not, (laughs) called Laptop Punk Records, and he's been putting out stuff by Kim Warnick and Brad Marino and Rocky Rochelle, and he's championing a lot of these underground pop punk bands that are really fun, playing fast, compact, bubblegummy, fun music, and uh, we talk a little bit about how he put that together in much the same way as he puts together his own music, which is to say, get her done. During COVID, where everyone's at home and we have to be 110% more scrappy than we were before, and as you guys know, I've always been a super huge proponent of scrappiness and DIY-ness and getting things done without permission and just doing what you got to do to make it happen. We're in a climate where that we have to do that even more, and I am definitely not as productive, at least right now during the time of COVID, as my friend Dustin But I think it's important that we all look around at the people around us. We all know these people that are, they're kind of thriving during COVID, whether it's the structure that works for them or just something about the way that their brain works. They are doing good during COVID. They're getting shit done. So 
while in the beginning of COVID, I was that person. I was like, go, go, go. Let's do some stuff. I'm definitely not that person right now. So I needed this interview more than anything. I saw it as sort of a way to kind of perk myself up and prop myself up and um, get going again and start those projects again. So I have to thank Dustin for giving me a little pick me up. And without any further ado, one, two, three, four, just Google it. Sparkle and Destroy podcast, Dustin, a.k.a. Grim Deeds. Yeah. Lately, I've been just going by Deeds. Just Deeds? Yeah. The Grim the grim part's kind of like in my past at this point, I think. Okay. Are we not doing video anymore? Uh, I have... Oh, sorry. I can I've, turn mine off. No, no, no. I want to do it. I just felt weird because I'm like, I'm the only one on video now. <laughs> I just did the classic... Thing that everybody I work with does where you like forget to do the essential whatever when you're doing the conference call oh, unmuting totally. or engaging yeah. video, so so why why did you stop the grim I just like sometimes I get to a point where I have to do something different and the grim deeds thing had its own like inertia and like I just kind of wanted to break away from it and even though it's pretty much just the same thing, I had to call it something <laughs> different in order to have like, like a fresh state of mind, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. So I was listening to your last two releases today, and including your spoken word, which is the previous one, I believe. Mm-hmm, <laughs> hard to your, keep track. I I don't even uh, I don't know where to start. Like I I wasn't going to start with spoken word stuff, but. It's really fun, and I just did, like, a whole, like, story about my ride with Angeline Mm -hmm. and the song that inspired it and, like, did a podcast about it where I just, like, basically talked out a story I wrote. Nice. And I felt super nerdy doing it, and I wonder, like, what inspired you to do spoken word, and did you feel super nerdy doing it? Because I always Mm. feel so dumb, like, reading from a page. Like, I feel like I'm on, like, NPR on selected shorts or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> wow. So you read like from text when you were yeah. doing the re- Yeah. Isn't I, that what I, you did? I, I freestyled it. 
You then, freestyled that? Wow. Yeah, and every time, uh, if I didn't like it, I would just do another take. And then if I got tired of telling that story, I would stop and then just try and recharge. And I did it over the course of maybe three or four days. And uh, well, yeah, they're short. It, it, it they're short, difficult. so that makes it better, right? Because they're yeah. And we should tell the the audience, all fifty of them. Hey guys, um, <laughs> some of the stories are really funny, like ranging from like your meeting with Fat Mike to <laughs> yeah. at a bar, very disappointing, to mm-hmm. meeting a girl on the internet. Which who hasn't done that? I've definitely done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting a guy on the internet and then flying somewhere to see them and it being completely different than you expected to. Yeah. Just like random, like just really funny, random little self, <laughs> self-effacing, very self-deprecating stories. Yeah, there's kind of a, a an overarching theme of like, like my friend told me after listening that there's all the thing that he thought that the stories had in common is you get to a certain point, like a point of no return, and then you can interpret it as kind of like like a fatalistic thing, like okay now everything sucks or it can be something else, but it, I kind of leave it open to interpretation. I mean, I mean the, in my, the karate, <laughs> the karate one where you're basically <laughs> pooping your pants. I mean, that one goes downhill real quick. Yeah, I want to yeah. say within the first sentence or first like couple sentences, it's like, yeah, we're there. Yeah. That one, that story endures. It's always like questionable <laughs> whether I should tell it in mixed company. I usually don't, but uh, it, it's like a funny thing with my close group of friends. They always enjoy that story. And I remember when that happened, if the audience would like to know more, it's like I was in karate <laughs> class and I had to, to go to the bathroom really bad. And I was either too scared or some reason, some Ill- illogical eight-year-old reason for not going to the bathroom during karate class. I like pooped my pants and I kicked a piece of feces across the dojo and the instructor like saw it and picked it up and like reacted and I was horrified and scared that I was going to get found out you know so it's like I think a thing that I always look for in my own stories that I know will get a rise out of people is there's always some like revelation of failure that I, I like I either made an error in judgment that is funny in retrospect or I was mean or I lied or, you know, and I get like a comeuppance in every situation. <laughs> and it's I have a lot true. of, I have a lot of those in like throughout my archives of history, like personal history. And, you know, I try not to feel too much shame and regret over it now. Um, cause I understand, you know, it's a place in a time that doesn't exist anymore, but yeah, but I'd say your music in general is very self-deprecating mm-hmm. and like there's always a couple songs on your albums that are like super self-deprecating and then there's these really enlightened songs that are like the world could be a better place <laughs> if you just <laughs> It's so funny cuz it's such a high low mentality yeah. where it's like this is like the most I mean I wish I I need to like have an example but of well, course there's one's just, escaping just me but kind, just be kind yeah, is a decent song which is like has Fred Rogers as the image on the band camp which is like and and I believe in that I th- I think it's true Just be kind. 
my funeral I love at the end of my funeral it's just like forget about him that's <laughs> so good A lot of the Grim Deeds themes relate to mortality and the idea that we're going to get like forgotten, you know, that we're, we're even the music we make is not immortal because it'll eventually become irrelevant. And it's a horribly like, you know, dreadful thing in my head to like lead a life that amounts to something that will just inevitably be forgotten. So it's kind of like a bleak fantasy escape into like fatalistic thinking or something you know that's when i'm in a down mood it's like even if aliens blow up our planet or humans just cease to exist because of covid like Mm -hmm. or whatever like i think you know energy is neither created nor destroyed like everything you do goes out into the world in some weird way it affects the world and you can't change that you can't take it back like Mm -hmm. i don't think I don't know. I just I I, I see where you're going with that, but no, well, I, like, I can't I like go there. Your point of view better, and I do. Believe, <laughs> I believe what you're saying too, because there's no part of me that regrets doing it. It's just sort of after you do it, then what? And I think, like, as an artist, you struggle with the desire to be heard and appreciated and acknowledged, and you don't want that to be the reason that you're doing the art. But on some level, that is the reason. And then, you know, I, my life, as I've discussed with you before, I interact mainly with people who don't know anything about my music and don't have any interest in it. So what's that I, like for you? Oh, it's, uh, do you feel like Superman or like, you have a, like a secret identity? People have made that remark before, like the rare teacher that I might share some songs with or something. And I mean, I've always had a real 
kind of identity crisis that's ongoing in my life <laughs> ever since I was like a preteen, you know, um, like skateboarder identity, punk rocker identity, but that wasn't acceptable in my family. So I always kind of had to, like, I would bring skateboard clothes to school in my backpack and change in the bathroom so I could feel like I was myself at school because I wasn't allowed to leave the house looking like, like that because, uh, my stepdad at the time who I mentioned in the, in the archives, it was very, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think he was image conscious because the small town where we lived, he was kind of a mover and a shaker in the social scene of like lawyers and doctors and people like that. So he didn't want me to like bring shame on his family because skateboarding at that time was not looked at as a cool thing. It was like yeah. a, a loser, um, outcast type of thing. That's funny. I wanted to ask you about the song Jinko Jeans. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I had some Jinko apparel in the nineties, but, uh, I was going to ask you, like, this kind of reminded me, like, your, what you said about your, your stepdad. Like, what do you think is the Jenko jeans of today mm. in your life? Mm. The, like, the barometer by which you will be seen as cool or not cool. It's real weird to, to think about it in context of today because I look at, you know, I teach middle school, so I see what the fashions are and stuff. And there seems to be, like, such a such a blending of styles to the point where, you, you know, you don't really have that delineation. Like when we were growing up, like you're a headbanger, you're a prep, you're a skater, you're a this, you're a goth, you know, like that kind of stuff isn't uh, as easy to pick up on, or maybe kids don't have that same kind of tribalistic urge to join with one group and stick with that group. But I certainly did. And the Jinko thing was, in, uh, was amusing to me because I'm 40. So Jinko was like a little bit past the time when I was wearing big baggy pants but when we were wearing them we were getting them from like yard sales and thrift stores and you know or if we could afford to we'd buy the skateboard brand name jeans that were like ridiculously priced and they were like these terrible cheap garments you know <laughs> but the the thing that was interesting to me about Jinko is that it was available in jc penny and it was available in leggett's and all these like department stores with like the cool like if i had seen it in 1992 i'd been like oh that's dope you know i want that but then I saw it in the context of like mass produced, mass marketed to the mall and like even the graffiti logos and stuff seemed like a little off, like a little bit insincere. And, yeah. and it was just like it left this weird taste in my mouth. But I still kind of related to the kids who were wearing it because I'm like, all right, yeah, like you want to look different and you want to have your own style. Like I, I get it. But it was just almost like a like an abomination of, <laughs> of what yeah. I thought like the baggy jean style should be at least back in those days. Are there still yeah. barometers of cool that you feel like in general you like as an adult have to deal with? I feel like that never ends. Like now it's oh, like, yeah. like, you know, we're rem remodeling our kitchen and it's like, mm -hmm. whose tile work is better? Not even better, but just like there, there's so many weird, it like never ends, you know, you're always kind of comparing or, Mm -hmm. uh, or there's there's those those pinnacles you're trying to get to whether that's like even with music like metrics and stuff like mm -hmm. you it doesn't matter how many you know likes you get because you always want more so yeah that's true a good friend like, of mine told me about that uh david jones who was an enemy you and after school special uh he said you know when he was an enemy you they were opening for no effects and had a couple pretty good shows and had albums out and like they were in there, but he said that, you know, you reach that level and then you want the next level and then you want the next level and then you want the next level. And so there's always this yeah. 
part of you that, that never fully gets to enjoy <laughs> yeah. whatever that like, you've earned. Yeah. What, like, what is the point of your music? Because I feel like be, the listeners might not know, but like you create your music really quickly. You've recorded your music, mm-hmm. you know, in your house, in your car, which we should talk about. Cause I think that's really cool. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like your music is almost like in defiance of that because it's all about getting it mm-hmm. out as quickly as possible. Like, mm-hmm. ha- have you thought about that a lot? Oh yeah, I have. Um, thank you for that question. That's an important question for me to answer. Cause it's like, I think it's key to my identity as a person, as a creative person. I've always been compelled to express myself creatively and to get it out. But you know, I chose a life that stifles a lot of it and it's not anybody's fault, but it's just not, there's not a, a, a designated space for it. And there's not a lot of people around who really get it, even though they might, you know, try to be supportive and say, Oh, that's cool. You do music or whatever. But to me, I, I do it in defiance of my situation. The other thing is I live in a suburb near San Francisco. So when I go to shows in San Francisco, I see other examples of adults my age who get to do that stuff all the time and who play in bands and who go on tour and who don't have to ask permission to go out into the bar <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, yeah, they're going to wear what they want to wear. They're going to do what they want to do. But I, for some reason, can't manage to do that because I feel obligated to, to fulfill my role here as the husband and the father and the teacher, but I'm not going to just not be the artist. Like I have to do that too. And I have to do it on my own terms, but basically it's the Jekyll and Hyde situation. You know, it's like, but like, what if you're just both like Milo is a scientist, but also a really good performer and singer and Mm-hmm. I'm a, a wife and a writer and I, I write, I do marketing stuff. Like, pe- yeah. like, I mean, I think we all, to some extent, even the people that want to seem like they're all one thing, mm-hmm. it's just not how it is. It's just mm-hmm. your, your situation is so just like dramatic because yeah. grim deeds <laughs> wears yeah. white corpse paint and like is all crazy and shit. But mm-hmm. Dustin is like, hi, I'm a teacher. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very well spoken and care about my <laughs> students. And <laughs> well, that's a that's a good point you bring up, and I, I agree with you. I think it's important to have multifaceted things going on in your life, and not just define yourself as one thing. But in the beginning, when I started doing grim deeds, I had a lot of negativity that I felt I needed to express, and it was it wouldn't have been cool to be like, "Hey, students, check out my song," because it's totally inappropriate. It, would, it could have gotten me fired. And I actually had a lot of uh, anxiety about that for many years about like, are they going to Google me? And like, there were a couple close calls where like kids did find out about it. And, you know, I was just concerned. And um, so as I've grown a little more comfortable with life in general and like mentally, emotionally, I think I'm a lot more mature and stable than I was when I started doing Grim Deeds. Now I feel like, yeah, like I can kind of wear both hats and they're interchangeable and eventually all that real extreme stuff is going to be, you know, I mean, it's part of, part of history, but it's not something that I feel the need to continue doing as much these days. Yeah, that's good. You got it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I mean, there's there's a lot of humor in your songs. There's a lot of like wry humor and pop culture. And I love that. I think it's so fun to have pop culture and songs. It really dates them in a fun way. I feel Mm -hmm. like, like. And I I think people get really scared of pop culture, but it's just, it's so fun to listen to a song and be able to immediately connect because you you kind of already get it. 
And mm-hmm. not only are you singing about certain pop culture things, but you're also in this this niche within a niche in the in the pop punk world where yeah. the references you make are going to be like ah, like people are going to catch them. And yeah. I think that's really fun and uh, just it's a nice thing to listen to during COVID because you know, everything's depressing right now. I'm super anxious and like shitty, right? I'm just not feeling good. I haven't wanted Mm -hmm. to do a podcast. Uh, And so I know that you've talked about a little bit on your band camp, like for the description of some of your recordings, you like, I think you wrote like, I wrote this stuff and recorded it in my car because the world is caving in and it's COVID. And like, maybe you can talk about like how I don't know, you're always anxiety. You always have anxiety probably, but (laughs) Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I think you've said that before, but like, how do you feel like it all kind of collides right now with COVID and like, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've, I've talked to you before about my life and, and compared it to like, <laughs> like prison, <laughs> you know, cause like, cause it's confining and that's, that's lame to say, cause I have a lot to be very, very grateful for, but there are certain boundaries that I can't cross in terms of like my daily basis, where I go, what I do, you know, I have to kind of, you know, be on a leash in a way, but the pandemic has made it even more so. And being confined to the house, um, living with my mother-in-law, you know, she's been with us for almost a year now. Um, cause it's not safe for her to fly back to China at this point. She's, she lives in Hong Kong. You know, this is all, uh, made it even more confining and more limiting. And it's made the house seem a lot smaller. And I'm a person who really likes to have some part of the day just to myself alone time and, and music time or whatever. And that's been harder to, to, to achieve. So I think that I've, I've still had those, that strong, compelling urge to create, but it's like, it's, it's more manic and it's more desperate lately. And, uh, I've been trying to explore other ways of, of satisfying it. Like I learned how to play drums. So I'm playing drums now on my songs, which for a long time I used a drum machine, which is kind of lame, but yeah, I mean, they sound great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's all very half-assed, but you know, I try to just like, it's utilitarian the way I approach music is it's like the most important thing for me is to get it out and to, to express it. Yeah. You're doing the best at the level that you're doing your best at. And that's, fucking awesome (laughs) like if that makes sense like you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. it's good and I don't want to get like bogged down and trying to improve my technique and stuff like that because I think my the essence of my songwriting is it's like communication and and if like I have something I need to communicate whether it's an aesthetic thing or whether it's a message like I want to do it and I, I don't want and it feels really good out of all the things I don't have control over in my life I can crank out a song and mix it and master it in less than an hour that's crazy. And I can post, post it to band, band camp. And do like, you use Lander? Do you use I do. Lander? That's I, do. I used Lander recently. I like Lander. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. really easy. If people don't know, it's like four ninety nine for like a high quality MP three. Yeah, um, I've been a subscriber for the past couple of years. It's it's expensive to subscribe, but I mean, I do a song a week, you know, so it's, it pays yeah, for itself. It eventually. pays off. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about recording in your car. I love this. Like when Reed and I were on the road a lot, we would record demos in the van and yeah. like on, on our garage band and stuff. And like, I've done a little bit of just like in the car interviews and stuff, but the idea of recording like a whole song, like, are you talking about doing a whole song? Are you talking about audio? It's are you all talking vocals. about, okay, this yeah. is a good vocal booth. Yeah. Right? I, and it was all by accident. It was just cause oh, really? I re- yeah, I record everything uh, directly into the laptop. So 
my electronic drums don't make a lot of noise, so I can track that in the garage. Guitars, I plug directly in. I use GarageBand amps, so that yeah. goes direct in. And nothing is that loud except for singing. So I have to go outside of the house to sing in a normal way without bothering anybody. And the car is the best available option for that. And it happens to sound pretty good, too, just because of the acoustics. And I've been doing that since I started doing Grim Deeds, you know, like six years ago or something. That's so rad. Just I love of, that. Out of, out of necessity, you know, and I didn't even really think twice about it. It was just like, I want to sing. I'm not going to not do it. So how can I do it? You know, I just was finding a solution. And then it's yeah. now, <laughs> and the weird thing is, I mean, I'm sure when you record vocals, you probably stand up, right? I oh, sit, yeah. I sit in the passenger seat every time when I record a song. Do you like do anything particular when I'll tell you what I do after you tell you me what you do. What okay. do you, like when you're singing, what what's happening? Just tell me what's happening with your body. What are you thinking? Right. Just tell me what you do and I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, it's very ritualized. I get my laptop, I get my cables, I walk out to the car, I get in the passenger seat, get comfortable, everything's queued up. And then I immediately press record and just start doing takes. And I know they're not going to be usable, but after about three or four of them, my voice starts to warm up. And then I look at the clock and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And then I just usually do the lead vocal in a couple of takes. Um, And then I usually do harmonies on the fly and just come up with something in the car. And then I do that. And then I've already pretty much figured out where my level should be by, by now. So it takes about 20 minutes. You look at your watch, you're like, that was three minutes done. Well, I'm always, I'm always thinking about, okay, like, is someone going to wake up or am I going to be needed or, you know, like there's all, there's the, the level of interruptions in my life when I'm trying to do music is super high. So the only time I can really do it is when everybody's asleep and I I have to be aware of like, okay, am I going to get enough sleep or do I need to do lesson planning or have I done all my chores, you know, it all has to be fit, fit into this small window of time. And that's, that's why I've become super efficient at doing useful. That's kind of cool. I I wish I had more of that discipline. Discipline is freedom. What's what's your style? Okay. (laughs) So I've developed this recently, and it's worked out really well. Uh, For the last two albums, I have pretended to play guitar as I'm singing. Night and day helps so much. If I'm not pretending to play guitar, I'm usually dancing or like, like I it's so embarrassing like moving my body to the point where it's it's just funny like the the sound engineers uh, you know laughing at me and and reads like what is going on but he encourages it now because he knows I get a good take that way um I do get out of breath but I feel like if I'm not like using my actual energy in my body Mm. I'm not getting a good take I don't know Mm. what it is I have to be like feeling like I'm not performing. It's not about performing. It's just like the the energy I need to bring has to mm-hmm. come from my body. Wow. And I, it's so weird. I think so that's cool. Weird. So I listen to your singing voice. You have a really good singing voice and it's very emotive and it's very smooth. But I do, I mean, your whole deal I think is very like outwardly energetic and everything, yes. every way. And, yes. and I respect that. And it's, uh, it's sincere and it's, it's, obviously a lot of hard work goes into it and it's like maximum creative output. I feel like because you're, Aww. you're using, you're using your skill as a, as a crafts song crafter and you're also taking it to like the, the utmost level of performance, which, you know, I can't say that I do that. <laughs> I try, I, <laughs> like I try to get a good enough take and really what I hope is that the, that the lyric will carry it 
because yeah. it's almost cooler for me for what I do to have a kind of a half-assed vocal, but the the lyric hits so hard that it's like exactly it's jarring. It's, you know, it's really we're all going for different things. Yeah. And like the thing that you're going for and makes grim deeds or just deeds, <laughs> yeah. what deeds is, is totally different than what the crushers, Haley Crusher yeah. is and is doing. And that's like what makes it so, you know, awesome. Our little community is so like mm-hmm. unique and, 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 you know, well, sometimes it is. And, uh, yeah, so I'm a weirdo when I sing, but, uh. That's cool. It, it feels it feels good. Like I get sweaty. I, I, <laughs> I, I do tire myself out a bit, but I do also try to um uh, in my mind, I try to completely clear my mind and just think about the feeling. I don't think about the lyrics at all. I'm actually really good at remembering lyrics. Like wow. I can remember a song immediately. That's it's cool. Kind of annoying because I can like sing any like any any like top ten radio single of now. Yeah. Like anything. Like some dumbass thing from like kiss whatever 103 point whatever i can sing it because i've heard it once and so that's kind of annoying but i try to like think of the emotion mm-hmm. and i'd bring that and it's that's just cool. like when i do that i know that it's like okay that's a that's a punchy take like you're gonna feel it and for me like the emotion is the most important thing mm-hmm. um when i'm doing vocals so well that comes it, across I, th- I think a lot of what makes Haley and the crushers is, is the vibe and like it's emotional and it's aesthetic and it's colorful and it's, it's, it's like living, breathing art, you know, that's what I, I consider <laughs> oh, it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, it's Living good. Breathing. I mean, it's hard for me to, to picture myself doing that because I'm so used to doing it my way. It, it like even going to a studio to get a, like a decent recording doesn't really appeal to me that much. Cause it's like, eh, like I can do yeah. a good enough job myself. Why would I do that? You know, you do you. <laughs> Yeah. And the more I record and the more that I do like the other side where it's not just like, oh, I wrote a song. Like the, like I'm actually doing a lot more of like intense demos right now. Like we've decided mm-hmm. during COVID, I think I told you this, we're like, let's just, you know, get a really cheap local studio, like get a drum, get our drummer in there and like actually make decent demos. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting at home with these demos that are so much more in depth than they used to be. Like usually it would just mm-hmm. be like me, my acoustic guitar, voice memo like not even thinking about like the overlapping harmonies too much because in my head I have it I know when I go in the studio we'll just do it and it'll be fine and like I keep a lot of stuff up in my head and lately I've been like actually layering shit and actually like just really trying to get things pinpointed exactly how I want them to be for this album and the next album and stuff and like what was I trying to say oh yeah so because I'm doing that (laughs) I feel like um what was I gonna say I totally forgot (laughs) Well, you're talking about almost like an evolution, like an evolution process. No, no, God damn it. Um, Oh, oh, this is it. This is it. I got it. I got it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. So the more that I'm like actually forcing myself to do the more technical shit, like the shit that you don't really like to do. And I don't, I don't like to do it either. It's not really my forte either. Like that's, I don't really, I had to force myself to really like be more of a craft woman, craft Mm -hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. Um, my point being, it doesn't matter how much of that shit you put into the song. It needs to have wonkiness. It needs to have humanity. I like the word wonk. Mm-hmm. We use the word wonk a lot in our house where it's like, like the Ramones are a good uh, example, not to like belabor the Ramones, but mm-hmm. the Ramones are the Ramones because they're wonky. Like there's a wonk to them. There's a, oh, yeah. fuck, there's a fucked up to them that makes no sense. It's like kind of 
not bad, but like just fucked up. Mm -hmm. And it's their weird, smelly thing that just makes them kind of off. And that's the thing that people try to like sanitize away and Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. auto tune and let's be extra crafty and like Mm -hmm. do all these layers. Like that's the stuff that is going to ruin your song. And I've just realized that more and more where it's like, yeah, you can put as much planning as you want into this. You could do your take 10,000 times, but if it doesn't have that little bit of sparkle, a little wonk to it, it's just going to sound like a paper doll. It's just not real. And, and I always thought that was just something people said that were like, not into recording well, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, it's just the magic, you know, I'm just going to wing it. But like, there is a sense of that that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. you know and like you can't control and hold on too tightly yeah i agree so i am on your side with a lot of that and i think <laughs> there's only so much planning and shit you can do and like money you can throw at this stuff you don't even oh, yeah. really need i mean your guitar garage band amp sounds great like <laughs> reed is a reed loves that so like reed is a total um proponent of just plug your fucking guitar into the computer into a di box and just mm-hmm nobody's gonna know like yeah. and nobody ever does know it's i true. mean crushers haven't done it much but our previous punk band did that a lot and mm-hmm. no one ever no one ever knew mm-hmm. and who cares like it sounds good yeah that does hold people back that whole idea of like meeting a certain standard of yeah whatever and i think that it what it does is it just reinforces the main problem with creative people a lot of times, which is this, they just don't go for it. I think you just have to do it and you have to force, not really force yourself to do it, but you have to be committed enough to to really do it. And like, if you're a songwriter, write songs. If you want to be a recording artist, record songs, you know, it's like, that's right. Try to make it just about the act of doing it. And the results are going to be what, whatever they are. But I'll tell you, like, it feels good to get out my box of grim deed CDs and be like, Oh, here's, almost 20 albums that I've released myself. You know, it's like, here's, here it is. And it's like, some of the songs sound crappy. Maybe some of them aren't my best songs, but I don't regret any of that. Yeah. You could wallpaper your whole house with your <laughs> grim deeds. Like I bet that somebody could like do their whole bathroom, which is grim deeds, like mm. CDs. I want to see that. That'd be hilarious. You, you could probably do a wall for that sure. That would be so funny if that was your bathroom. And then when people came to your house, you were like, this is where the magic happens. And it's just like a bunch of Grim Deed CDs in your bathroom. And then like the toilet has like, I don't know, like <laughs> whatever. Have a, little, a little studio set up so I can record yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> that is where, well, hey, that's where the dads hang out. That's their throne, right? Like It's a funny thing because <laughs> especially when I became a parent, like one of the tricks that dads do, I, I can speak for myself only, but is you say, okay, I've got to go to the bathroom because that's the one time no one can hassle you. And then you sneak in there with your phone and you just sit there. And, you know, <laughs> it's like busted. That's happened quite a few times. The tricks dads do. I love mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. great. So tell me about this record label, Laptop Records. I've been uh, listening. I, I it's, it's so cool. It's like all the music is so energetic and fun and like just the best music for right now. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I know what I like. I mean, that's always been the type of music that I've liked and I've thought about, you know, what's next. And I, I almost felt like I've been just promoting me, me, me for so long. Like I know all these people, I've made all these connections. I know about all these songs that no one's heard. Why not give someone else some shine 
and use whatever I can to help get it out there and promote it. And I specifically wanted to do it in a way that's kind of like counterintuitive or counterproductive to the whole concept of doing a record label because I'm pretty much just releasing stuff digitally for now and we'll see where it goes. I'm not on any kind of schedule. Like I have five releases. I just like, you know, quickly released without a lot of like, Ooh, it's coming, you know, like that kind of thing, <laughs> what a lot of labels tend to do. And, yeah. um, and that's on purpose because like whether I wait until this certain date to release it, like what difference does that make? Like I want people to hear it now and like, check it out. Here it is. It's cool. And, uh, it's just a logo really is all it is. And, but it's a community that I want to build and I want to, I want to be able to showcase the cool tunes that my friends have. And I'm, I'm sure I'll continue to re- release my own songs, but I'm really stoked to like offer that to the community because I've reached a point where enough people know who I am to be a, like, I feel like maybe they care about what my tastes are too. So if I say, Hey, check this out and people respond to it more because I did that, then that's cool.
you know, be like a community figure in the scene. And I want, I've always wanted to be that. That was kind of the purpose of the blog too, was to like, Hey, like you're awesome. Let me interview you. Like, let me, you know, spread around the, the vibes and stuff. I've always kind of been that way. Like I've always been the guy to like call up and check in, like, how's your album going? And like, Oh, you just released something. That's cool. Like blah, blah, blah. And it just keeps everybody motivated and keeps everybody stoked. And why, why do you think you're that person? Well, I mean, I know what it feels like to be, you know, not appreciated. And, and I know what it feels like to also reach out to people who you admire, hoping for some acknowledgement and, and not getting it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, but, but I've also like that being said, I have lots of friends who are like heroes of mine. I feel super lucky, but, but I, I just, and also being a teacher too, I think I naturally want to sort of nurture and, and encourage people, especially people who are into this very special thing that we're into. And so if someone says like, check out my song, like I'm going to check it out and I'm going to give them feedback. And if I like it, I'm going to try to get other people to hear it. That's just, that's cool. How many like nature. people come up to you and try, cause I noticed like people do send me stuff that I don't even know sometimes and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll, I won't will always respond, but only right, because right. I feel like they do it to everyone. But I, I don't know, like, do you get a lot of responses like that? People just trying to get you to listen to shit and like, um, how do you, yeah. how do you like, how do you like compliment sandwich it when it's like a lot needs a lot of work? Like, what do you, yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's almost like imagine a middle school student who wants to show you this picture that they drew and I've seen better pictures than this. You know, I've seen students who are amazing right. artists and you're not an amazing artist but I want you to feel good about what you drew and I want you to keep drawing and I want you to show me more drawings. That's the kind of approach I take when people share songs with me. Um, and I do for the most part, listen to either the whole song or enough to kind of be able to give some real feedback, like some, something that's sincere. Um, I think it's cool now because doing this laptop records, laptop punk records, it's like, more people are kind of coming out and saying like, Oh, are you looking for submissions or do you want to check this out? And I've actually heard a lot of really cool songs just in the past two weeks because of that. And, and I'm stoked on that. And people are sending you stuff in that genre of like that pop punk genre, or are they sending you like uh, random stuff? I mean, everything kind of falls under the umbrella of punk. I've gotten a couple of weird, weird ones or ones that are a little too gnarly or too rough or, and stuff. But you know, like, one guy sent me some stuff that was just almost like Gigi Allen style. Punk. <laughs> uh, but, but he recorded it all on his phone and I thought that was cool. I was like, man, you, you did all this on your phone and these are your songs. So it's like, I relate to it. I mean, I can always kind of find something to relate to and what people send me, um, you know, so. I'm infected oh. with AIDS. Oh God. Well, yeah, he had some <laughs> songs like that. He had some songs with like. I always AIDS. find that funny. Like the, un, like people that are so unself-aware that they're just like, you'll love this. Like, I love that. It's so funny to me because I'm so overly self-aware that I would never, ever do that. Like if I'm going to send something to a label I'm and I do, I do and I have, it's like, I, I think about it so much and I send like a special little package and a note and like picture and like think about like what they would want and like, you know what I mean? So yeah. Well, being self-aware is, is something that I, I aspire to be as well. And I think it's an important life skill, but when I encounter those who aren't as I, what I try to do is use that skill in a way that's like kind, you know, yeah, like to kind of be like, Hey man, like that's cool. But have you considered maybe doing this instead? You know, you know, I try to, I try to be as supportive as possible basically. 
Yeah. And just be like, I'm self-aware, but depressed. (laughs) Yeah. The more self-aware you are, the more depressed you are. So, and like the more like shitty everything feels, I feel like I, 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 I envy I, somebody asked me this recently in an interview, not to sound fancy. It was not a fancy interview, <laughs> but <laughs> they were like, have you ever had any paranormal experiences? Have you ever like so- seen a ghost? And I was like, my parents were atheists. Uh, science is a thing. Uh, I have mm. no fun in my life because of it. I'm, I blame my parents for making me this way. And <laughs> I mm. wish I could say I believed in ghosts and I saw some Victorian ghost in a nightgown like warning mm. me about something or like an alien. Like I was saying, <laughs> like Kim Wilde, like, you know, I covered that Kim Wilde song. Yeah. So I hadn't thought about her in a long time and I Googled her and it was like her latest album is called Here Come the Aliens. Hmm. And she's all about aliens, like aliens, aliens, aliens. She's like on like British talk shows, like talking about aliens. Like she's on Oprah talking about aliens. I want to be that eccentric. Like I want to be that not self-aware, but it's, it's, ah, it seems so fun, doesn't it? Like it just seems so fun. I can't be that way. I want to be that way so bad. Yeah. If there's any magic that I believe in, I think that there's like what we do does offer some kind of spark of intrigue and mystical like like when i think of a really cool song idea that just sort of comes out of nowhere there's something to that and there's something that i can tap into and i think that through music there's uh there's levels of communication that we're able to achieve that are like kind of esoteric in a way you know yeah but but i relate strongly to what you're saying (laughs) and and it would be great to have you know some kind of yeah you know mystical or spiritual thing that's that's motivating me all the time. And I try to be open to that stuff too. You know, I think it's interesting if nothing else, because I, I see a lot of that stuff is fulfilling needs that people have. And yeah, I, I can relate to that. You know, I have needs. I, it would fulfill needs I have right now. Like yeah. if I could believe in God, if I could believe in aliens, if I could believe in all that stuff, I, I, that would help me <laughs> as a yeah. human being. I want you to write a song about this. Okay. About a, a smart, <laughs> A smart person that really wants to uh, believe in that that stuff but can't. And maybe they, like, intentionally get kicked by a horse so they can believe it. <laughs> or something. I, I don't know. I've written a few tunes kind of on that, on that topic, on that general topic of, like, wanting to connect with believers of, of whatever, mostly in the context of religion, but it could be anything, really, and wanting yeah. to have that connection and not feel alienated from them. Cause it's not yeah. cool to feel self aware and alienated, you know, no. you want to feel connected. I was in a pretty small little podunk town and like, I was always jealous that all my friends would go to Christian camp and I begged mm-hmm. my parents mm-hmm. to go to Christian camp, even though they were like, ew, no, you're not going to Christian camp. No. I was like, but they get to go to the snow. And so I went with um, the people to Christian camp, the friends, and they played veggie tales on the bus. And I remember <laughs> when I got there and I was like, Whoa, this is awesome. This is so trippy. I was into it. I was super into it. And they were all like happy and like singing songs in the bus. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then we get there and then we're in like, there's like a church service. I'm like, ah, whatever. We're all just hanging out with our friends. And then afterward, they were like, well, Haley, you've accepted Jesus into your heart, right? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just like, like, I swear, like the pitchforks came out and they were just like, ha, ha, you must like accept Jesus. And I just remember crying and being on the top of this like bunk bed thing, just like with my covers over my head, just like, Oh, like I wanted to be one of you, but now like, I I hate this. And I feel like that has been such a big lesson in my whole life that like, whenever, (laughs) 
I want to be part of something. I'm like, this is bad. This is, I'm going to get it and I'm not going to want it and it's going to be bad. So at this point I just try to stay like in my own lane. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like self, um, if that's keeping myself too far apart from the rest of humanity, but some people are just a little bit like out there. And I feel like my husband and I were just weirdos and it just, I don't see where we fit in, even in where we live now. Like I don't, that's why this stuff is so important to me that I can Mm -hmm. like interview people that I admire, like friends and talk to them about art and music and all this stuff that like my, my girlfriends here do not care about that. And they're lovely people and I love them with all my heart, but like, that's just not, they're just on a different plane. Mm-hmm. And that sounds pretentious, but it doesn't mean to be. It's just, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. just a different yeah. like world. And I've come to realize it will only hurt me if I try to like be part of that world mm-hmm. that I'm not part of. Cause I, I'm so bad at it. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at being part of the real world. I, I have no concept of time. <laughs> I have no concept of math. Um, I, I really do feel like I'm rolling around without gravity a lot of times. Uh, mm. my brain is very chaotic, you know? Mm. So mm. it's just, uh, yeah. I think it's important that we have our special community, you know, cause it's, it is who we are. And it's, um, like you said, I mean, there's always different, different facets of a person and I'm really good at kind of playing the Clark Kent role cause that's what I do in my job. And that's kind of what I do here where I live. And I've, I've realized over the years that, the ability to make people feel comfortable and want to relate to you, I think is more important than being right or expressing the thing that I know to be true in spite of, you know, people's feelings or whatever. So when I encounter people who are very, feel very strongly about something, whether it's religion or politics or whatever, like I've gotten way better. I think maybe just as I've gotten older of inviting them in and saying, yeah, like, tell me about it. I'll listen. And like, you know, I'll find something to relate to about it. And I choose my words carefully. Yeah. I'm not going to say like, Oh, I totally agree with you and lie. Yeah. But at at the same time, I'm not going to disrespect them or discredit them just because they're on that wavelength because I find it, it's more rewarding to, to connect to people however you can, even if it's on some kind of limited basis, but even if, you know, even then it's still a human connection and there's something meaningful there. It's dignity. It's just giving humans dignity. Yeah. Like I remember when Trump was going to be elected before he was elected, my mom was like, Oh, he'll never get elected. It's going to be Hillary. And I was like, no, like I've Mm -hmm. talked to so many people that like think Trump's going to be elected and I can see why. And they're poor and like they're angry and they're mostly white. And I've met these people. I was like, I've met them. They're not monsters. They're just people. And they're, they're downtrodden. Some, some of them don't have jobs. Like, and it's just so funny how easily we can be like, oh, well, you know, the other side is so, you know, unlike us, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like, no, these in any situation, I mean, just like being homeless, like anyone could be homeless. Oh, Anybody yeah. can be so economically depraved and fearful of the other that they are racist or, oh, yeah. or I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. You, can, you can get to that point where you're broken down to the point where like you will kill people. Or oh, yeah. you go to jail and that stuff happens. To, I mean, we're, we're all born like normal and then yeah. we just become like whoever we become depending on like society and genetics and stuff. But oh yeah, yeah I, try I feel to like not we take all anything. have dignity. Yeah. yeah, I try not to take anything I have for granted because of that. And I also try to be very aware of how I could still fuck everything up. I mean, that potential is always there. 
And so I try to just, you know, err, err more on the compassionate side of things these days. And I think growing up though, and being a punk rocker, you're kind of always at odds with the world in, in, in a sense. And you're always kind of, you want to grit your teeth and say like, no, like, listen to me, like you're wrong and stuff. But yeah. I, uh, like I was saying, if I can make someone feel comfortable enough to let their guard down, I consider that more of a victory than like winning the argument. Yeah, that's great. The amount of vulnerability you can bring to the situation shows how mm-hmm. strong you are versus mm-hmm. trying to be like, right. It's like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be a human? <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. I'd and rather it, be a human. I try to do that through the songs too. Like I try to be vulnerable myself in the songs in ways that maybe people will pick up on, maybe not, but it's, it's out there. And uh, yeah, and, I think so. I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're hearing it loud and clear. It's like your diary sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like some of the best compliments I've received, even some very recent from people who relate to the songs is it's like, you're putting a lot of yourself into this music and it's not typical for this genre to do that. And that's kind of why I do it, you know? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Cause I, I feel like I put a lot of my emotion into mu- the music, but I'm definitely not as self-deprecating as you are or as like, I don't know, you, it's like you're looking to start kind of a, a, a conversation around these topics in a way that yeah. is very urgent and very like putting yourself at the center of them in a way, which mm-hmm. is kind of scary for people. Like, why do you think that's just not a thing in the pop punk genre? Like, why do you think that's a thing? Well, you take a big risk when you put yourself out there like that. And uh, I think in my case, uh, the way I grew up, I came from a like an abusive sort of household where my parents fought a lot and like hit each other in front of us and like went through bad divorces and, and had a lot of anger and violence and, uh, you know, presented to me by adults. And it creates in me a, an urge to like, to present my own vulnerabilities because I know other people have them and I know that other people hurt and feel pain and have these needs. Uh, and I just feel like the opportunity is too important to, to waste on some, some other type of song or like, or lyrics about the typical things that people write about in this genre. I think like punk rock, you need to have something to say. Ben Weasel said that one time and I, I, I back him on that. He's like, you shouldn't be writing punk songs if you don't have anything to say. Um, and you can still write just for the enjoyment of the, the sound of the songs. But I think it's important to have something to say. And, and what I have to say is like, we're all kind of fucked up and like that can be a source of community rather than a, a thing that we have to hide from or hide from ourselves. Yeah. Cause guarantee it. If you feel some way, hundred other people do too. Mm-hmm. And they need your music so that they can like kind of resolve that in themselves, I think. Yeah. And there's a way like comedians do this a lot. Being the butt of the joke really lets people um, kind of dive into that feeling and, and they don't feel as defensive. You know, they let their guard down because it's like yeah. it's funny, but it's funny because it's true. And it's funny because I relate to yeah. it, too. But you have to kind of offer that, I think, for, for, in order to invite people to these types of conversations that I want to have about, yeah. you know, all these. You're issues. like, you're like the <laughs> sacrificial goat of your own songs. <laughs> like, I, have to, 
Kind of, you are. Uh, you sometimes totally like you just slay yourself sometimes. And I think it's really fun. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a strong desire to do that type of thing for a long time. I think now what my goal more is, is like reaching out to the community and trying to bring in more voices. And I still love songwriting. It's still like a compulsion of mine, but I just want to kind of tune it a little bit differently. Like the last couple of songs I released, I think they're funny and relatable, but it's a little more subtle and it's a little more. Yeah. Tell me about time. Oh, that one. That whole series of songs, it's it's not as deep as you think. Like I was learning to play drums. I wanted to play a faster song. That was as fast as I could play at that moment. So literally for that song, I just said, okay, I'm going to play drums for a minute and a half if I can. And I'm going to try to put the fills and stuff in, in where they ought to go. And so I did that. I recorded a drum track and no, had no other song concept. And then I built the song around that. I, I think I did a bass line next and then I did a guitar riff and then I just did the vocal, you know, and I was like, all right, well, what does this sound like? It sounds like some kind of urgent, you know, cry for something. And so I, I, I conceptualized it around the fleeting, uh, you know, the idea that time is fleeting, the idea that, you know, this impermanence of life. And that's a theme I like to revisit anyway. So I just adapted it to the well, drum track, I have to say that's very utilitarian of you and not surprised <laughs> at all. That's extremely utilitarian. Um, just a segue, because I do want to talk about some of the other songs that I listened to today too, but um, learning drums, did you just like check out YouTube tutorials or what did you do? That's so hard. It's so hard. I've been listening with a pretty keen ear to pop punk music for so long that there, I know like all the kind of categories of drum beats that I found appealing and accessible and I know like the way I play guitar, I don't do downstrokes and I don't do like cool guitar playing. I do what works for me. And once I got comfortable with the idea of that, I knew that I could learn drums that way too. So um, I, the main thing that helped me learn drums was just having a metronome. I have an electronic drum kit and there's a built-in metronome and I just committed to playing to that metronome and increasing the speed gradually and playing the same beat. And it's a, it, what I do is kind of a half-assed oh. version of the pop punk beat because the typical pop punk beat is the but I do which takes less energy. I don't do eighth notes. I do quarter notes. I do open hi hat most of the time, and you know it's very like minimal. It's like a sketch. Yeah, it's minimal. 
but I try to make it still have the same pep and same energy. But, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just, I had a very focused goal. It's like, I want to be able to play on my songs that I naturally write. And I know that I can achieve it if I go this in this simplified sort of direction. And, uh, and, and it did bother me for a while. Like, is it, is it good enough or is it going to be oh, sounds great. enough? But yeah, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. And I've, I mean, you and I, I think both have natural meter and rhythm, like the way you play <laughs> I hope so. and everything. It's like, yeah. you know, it's innate. So it's yeah. a matter of transferring it to the limbs and, and getting a little muscle memory. So I started yeah. playing drums right at the beginning of the pandemic. And yeah, I just try to play yeah. every day and that's it. Once I lock in, I, I, it's like hard to not, it's hard to play off. Um, in fact, there's certain songs where like Reed will be like, you should be more discordant, like play like some like a weird like 80s style i'm like i fucking can't like once i'm in with the drummer i'm just like with my like super high buddy holly style guitar just like super high just i just get in it and i just click it and forget it so Uh, i'm really uh i'm encouraged thank you but i'm encouraged by what you're saying about drums because it's like okay well maybe there is something there that i can possibly glean I feel like if I knew drums better, I could communicate with drummers better. And I have a lot of drummers in different area codes. And I say dumb mm-hmm. things like, can you do like a, a rat-a-tat-ting to guitar? Like, I'll just say random like uh, ooga-booga words. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I know what the drum kit, all the pieces are. But when I talk about beats, I have a really hard time being like, I want this, then I want that. Then I want this fill. And it's I want to learn how to verbalize that. Mm-hmm. So sitting behind the kit and getting a couple like beats down might help me. Yeah. to understand that better. Yeah. So tend, I'm going to do that. I tend to think of it in terms of like punctuation. You know, you're a writer. Mm. Like the drums yeah. kind of are the punctuation for the the little paragraph that I'm writing for that song. Yeah. It's like you don't need a lot to carry that message and to kind of propel it forward. It's like just there's certain spots where you need a crash. There's certain spots where yeah. you can choose to do a fill or you can just switch to the ride and that transition is enough. Right. Um, are you familiar with the band Neon Bone? Yeah, yeah. Really great songwriter, Lars. Yeah. He does, that, he, does, he does not use fills at all. And his drumming's super tight. And most drummers have some kind of fill, like a little snare roll or something. He does yeah. no fills, but it sounds awesome and complete. And he's really mastered yeah. that level then, of like high quality, but still minimalist. Their new album is great. And I just did a duet with his side project, Wild Sandals. Oh, that wow. he's doing. Uh, it should be out soon. Oh man, with, with Heg mm-hmm. Flo. I don't know how to say his name, but they're in Germany. Yeah, and those, those Germans really do uh, great songs. Yeah, <laughs> the little pop, pop punk contingent yeah. over there. There's like the Hawaiians, Neon Bone, um, Barbecuties, uh, and then the Richies are like the they're like the elder statesmen of the Ramones core. And I really like that band mm-hmm. a lot. I feel like I'm getting kind of a little, you know, getting into that. So maybe when I go back to Germany, I can meet some of these people. And it's funny because, like, you know, we're supposed to go to Europe this summer and go to Germany this summer. But being at home and just connecting, like, I've been connecting more with the Renduno people and, like, Mm -hmm. that community. And I think it will be better once I do go out over there because I'll have more like of a relationship with these people instead of just like f- just randomly going out there. So it's kind of interesting, like some of the good things with music that have happened with COVID. It's like you're deepening your relationships, hopefully with the people that you're working with and the people mm-hmm. that because you're not booking shows, but you're still in communication. And sometimes the booking of the show can get in the way of like 
just being all in the same boat and like having these conversations like we're having right now. And so I think that's a good thing, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. Trying to think of other good things. I mean, it's good to have time to make more demos and not Mm -hmm. just go straight into touring. I mean, it's, it's good to have time to focus on songwriting and not just be like trying to book a tour. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good things. I'm learning how to do Final Cut Pro, as you know. Like, I actually, I oh, spent... Oh, did a great job on that video. Thank you. Um, yeah. So today, I was putting together a new video for a music video for a song called... Uh, I won't tell you what it is yet. Okay. I don't want to say what it is yet. But um, okay. it's exciting. It's a very exciting song. Uh, it's very punk with a capital P. Uh, nice. It's very, like, I'm playing distorted guitar. Whoa, that's... that's... Yeah. Cool. I know, I know. Well, the stuff, the stuff from uh, Encapsulated Studios had like a different tone, you know, it was like Distorted, more crunchy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it I, sounded like, he, you know, there's, he does like horror section and, uh, oh yeah. I think, um, like the putts and, uh, covert yeah. flops and like, that's like a beefy, like pop. Well, sound. to, to your point, the song I'm talking about was recorded during that session Ooh, uh, with my distorted guitar yes um but i'm doing that, a video that's my aesthetic too i love that stuff that's like my bread and butter that sound that's so like i grew up with that like i had a line six amp and i just put it on like crunchy recto whatever and it was just like and like it's funny because this is so funny oh my god because i actually talk about this with the song because the song is about one of my favorite uh older bands from back in the day like an older punk band and so that's just so funny. We're talking about this right now. And just like going out into like the little barn that my dad was like, Hey, why don't you like play guitar out there? Cause you're really loud. Um, just going out there and just playing like really fucking loud and like really distorted and just, um, it felt really good and it does feel good. It feels so fucking good. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was my point? Oh yeah. So you told me to take breaks. You were like, make sure you take breaks when you do video editing. And I was like Mm -hmm. laughing. I'm like, ha, I won't do that. Well, uh, today I did a video for four hours. It's for this new music video. But I put on my phone like to remind me every 30 minutes. So the phone would be like, ding, ding. And I would just go, ignore. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. um, To the point where like I had to pee really bad. And like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, this is just, I don't know. It's an obsession. Like I'm just, when I'm learning something new, it's so exciting that I just like don't want to miss yeah. out on anything and so learning learning final cut pro during COVID has been good i imagine with learning drums you probably had the same thing where you were like oh yeah like i'm learning this like i'm gonna just stay with it i'm gonna like do my drum beat for as long as i possibly can yeah or maybe yeah. you're not as obsessive as, as i am but well i, get I am that. but like it would be five minutes and then daddy 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 and then five minutes and like hey can you come in and help me with this and it's like yeah I had to get it in in little chunks, and then <sighs> I realized that I could do it at night when people were sleeping, which was awesome. Okay. But well, I, I'm even more impressed now that you did it, because that's amazing. Yeah. I can't uh, even believe you taught yourself how to play drums. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. I'm, uh, oh, thank you for that. I'm learning, so I'm cool. learning to speak Japanese, too. That's my new, another intellectual hobby that I'm, I'm committed to, because I'm, I've got my eyes on the East. Like I want to go spend time in Japan, and I have friends in Japan, and I've always been super... Uh, interested and fascinated with their culture and uh, there's a lot of great pop punk bands there too and i played a show in tokyo uh, in 2015 and it was like the best experience of my life you know so i'm i'm really you know i'm giving myself enough time like i don't have like a deadline but i'm i'm studying on a daily basis from like textbooks and web resources and you know trying trying to get started it was a hard thing to do too because 
it's a daunting thing to try to learn a new language, especially one like Japanese, which is completely different alphabet, completely, you yeah. know, different sentence structure and everything. But I don't know, there's something in me felt like I need to do this before it's too late, you know? Seriously, that's so insane. I can't believe you're doing that. That's another COVID thing, right? You wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for COVID, right? Yeah, the COVID things for me have been drums, learning Japanese, continued songwriting stuff, um, and exercise. I do a 20-minute workout every day now. I do push-ups, sit-ups, stretches, and jumping jacks. And I've been very strict about doing it as much as I can when I feel able to, which is pretty much every day. And it's been awesome. For my mood, it's like really made a difference in like just my daily, I don't know, um, perseverance or yeah. like my, my tolerance level for things that are annoying. It's like much higher. I'm much calmer and I've got like a little six pack, you know, from doing sit-ups <laughs> and stuff. And it's just great. It just feels so good. And it's painful. Doing push-ups is like the most painful thing. It is, it is miserable while I'm doing it. But in my mind, it's like, this is the time when I can practice that thing where it's like, Oh, this is impermanent. This is just, it's going to be over in like less than a minute. So just do it. And then you'll feel good. So I've been uh, like, you know, doing so all these funny. little mental exercises. You're thriving. And- you're thriving during COVID. You're one of those people. There's like the people that are thriving and the people that gained 15 pounds. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm probably more towards the 15 pounds part. I'm more like, you're more like karate kick. Well, it's, you know, it's like that, but it's also kind of like treading water, you know, because you have to kind of keep it up. Otherwise, you're doing it, though. Know, that's hey, my hat's <laughs> off to you. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thanks. The only thing I could say I'm kind of doing like that is yoga. That's in great. the mornings. Yoga, awesome. Namaste. Namaste. It's a lot of, I like uh, the, the yoga teacher online will be like, and now set your intention for the day. What's one word that you want to carry through your day? Like, that's the one thing that's helped me the most during COVID because I mm-hmm. cling to that word sometimes. I'm like, my word was joy. My word was joy. My word was joy. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get upset. Don't get mad. The word mm-hmm. is joy. You can do this, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. Um, no, I back all that stuff. Anything that brings you more peace of mind, I think, is definitely seriously. worth investigating. Yeah, I'm getting there. We're we're all trying our best. And yeah, it's not easy, but we're doing it. That's the key. We're doing it, and that's why I think it's important we keep doing it because whatever inspiration we give to other people is like that's golden right there. You know. You're feels, a rainbow. It, it feels way better for me to hear like someone say like, oh, I get motivated when I see that you're doing a label. I get inspired when I see that you're doing these songs. Like that's better almost than like liking the songs, <laughs> you know, because it's like it's like permission giving or, you know, something like showing yeah, that yeah. it's possible, that kind of thing. Showing that it's possible, like being an example of what's possible. Yeah. That's big. Can you be my life coach? <laughs> In costume the whole time. Got my, might need- my clipboard with like a pentagram and, you know. <laughs> You're not going to stop doing like the crazy face makeup, right? I, I mean, I, it's so rare that I play shows, but anytime I have the opportunity, I'm definitely going to put on the paint. Are you going to do a dumb live stream? I don't know. I was doing like acoustic uh, little Instagram things for a little while and that was fun. But then my acoustic guitar needed to be repaired, and I just kind of, like, fell off of that. But I, I don't know. You know how I am. Like, I, my priority is just doing more content. And, like, I just, like, get it out there and go back to the lab. I don't really stick around to 
do much of anything else. You don't bask in the glory. (laughs) What if you, what if it's an interesting thought experiment? Like what if you did get really famous for what you do Mm -hmm. and it just happened Mm -hmm. like in a week or Mm -hmm. something and something you did went viral. Like, would you just, would your head Mm -hmm. just explode? Cause you were just like, I just want to make more songs in my car. Like <laughs> it would ruin yeah, it'd you. It'd be weird. It would destroy. I think who about you that are. kind of thing. It wouldn't work well, out on, for on you. A lot, a, <laughs> and it wouldn't work out right. for you. I think you would probably go crazy on a like tri-state shooting spree. Oh uh, well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing because you always want what you can't quite attain, and then maybe you got to be careful what you wish for too. That's right. See, mm-hmm. I would just give up, retire music, retire art. <laughs> Get a bunch of awesome house coats, start smoking cigarettes, start my dachshund farm. I would, there you yeah. Go. And then, yeah, that'd be my reality TV show. Be great. That's pretty cool. And I'd lip sync. Cool. I'd only lip sync. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do miss performing. It is really, really fucking fun. Yeah. Um, so we plugged the, the label. Uh, people can go to Bandcamp and check it out. It's at uh, Laptop what? Records. Uh, yeah, laptoppunkrecords.bandcamp.com. Thank you. Laptop I, I always records. forget to say the punk part, too, even though that's like that's the most important thing. It's, it's punk. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's so cool. It, you know what? It, it comes from a song title. I, I did a song with one of my side projects, The Gungans, the one with the Jar Jar Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A song called Laptop Punk, so I just used that. Okay. Okay. Um, if if there's a band or two like that you're really excited about on the label, could you maybe just shout them out? Because there's a bunch, there's like five, six. Yeah. I have five releases. One of them is one of my songs, but I have plenty of bands I can shout out for sure. Like bands that are doing that I think are great and deserve more shine. Um, as far as ones on the label, uh, Saturday night karaoke is a band from Indonesia. They're excellent.
at the top of, of the like food chain of songwriting for this style of music, but they don't get a lot of exposure. And it's like the same thing that a lot of Indonesian bands probably experience when they're trying to break into like, you know, getting noticed in the U S but, um, Prabhu is the dude who writes most of the songs and he's kind of like the, the Mikey Erg of Indonesia. He's so good and all their songs are good. So Saturday night karaoke, I would say definitely. Um, one of the bands that I put out is the Hathaways from Japan and they have a kind of a more updated sound now, almost like a more, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like a more idiosyncratic style of pop punk. It's not just the sort of, you know, real simplistic kind that I, happen to enjoy but they're an incredibly energetic talented band and the the ep that i released is is was kind of made in between them finding their sound like they started as just ramon's core and then they ended up kind of evolving a little bit but this was like the the sweet spot as far as i'm concerned of like prime weasel teenage bottle rocket style punk like a little slab of that and the whole japanese scene has tons of good bands there's like the nerdy jugheads uh, the hum hums um, there's, uh, the Hathaways that I mentioned, and there's just this whole scene that is very supportive and, um, Indonesia has a lot of great bands too. Um, as far as like other bands, local bands and U S bands, uh, I want to give a shout out to my friend, Dan, he's based in Boise, Idaho. And I used to play in a band with him called the Sprains, and he's doing music now. That's I think pretty awesome. And, uh, he released one of his new songs. So he's, he's also a dad. He has two young children and he's, you know, has his own business and he's making it work. So that inspires me. Neon bone is one of my favorites. He, he doesn't need any extra uh, help. Yeah. <laughs> at all, but he's great. Um, Ricky Rochelle, uh, oh, yeah. of the, the young Rochelles and that whole crew, they put out excellent tunes. It's cool. So are oh, all yeah. them, is all the music <laughs> basically recorded like kind of on the, f- cause it said that he did every instrument. So are, is it kind of all recorded like on the fly or like, how is it? Is that part of it? I mean, I kind of had this vision of making it uh, geared more towards home recording and DIY stuff, but the the DIY could extend out to like doing the artwork or just like being having that kind of philosophy and mentality. Like we're going to do it by any means necessary, and and it, I wanted to get away from the. I think what people have in mind when they think of being on a label is like certain expectations and certain, um, like having to spend a lot of money, you know, for like recordings and having to kind of plan out your merch and have, you know, everything's very traditional with, with punk labels even today. And I don't really see the point in doing that. So I'm going to try and this experiment of like, here's a bunch of awesome songs, digital releases, you can buy them or not. And like, I'm going to put the logo there and that logo I hope will you know, become recognized eventually. Well, like unify. I mean, a lot yeah. of times all you need is something to say like, Hey, we're more than just one thing. We're a thing, mm-hmm. a group. Mm-hmm. Like that's really all it is. So yeah, look at you. And, and if you're people. already using psychology to, uh, to like, you know, get your way in the world. Look at you. You're like a junior marketer. Maybe. Or, I mean, I you're know. kind of like the anti girl. You're like, you're like the anti label, anti marketing. Totally, totally. Like it, it yeah. makes me have a heart attack when you're like, no lead up, no talking about the album coming yeah. out, no press. I'm just like, oh, yeah. oh! oh yeah. um, um, a friend of mine who, who does a label reached out to me this week <laughs> and I'm a, he's a great guy and his label is awesome. But he was like, Hey man, you need to like slow down and, and let people catch up. And like, you're, you're, you're blowing it, you know, in a way because no, but I was like, Hey man, like you probably are right. And I appreciate your advice, but 
this is just, these are my instincts and it's what I want to do. And like, I don't be the anti-label. Yeah. Do it. Just going to do it my way. So I like we'll see that. what happens. Like anti-label, anti-label. I love that. It's really cool. I, I mean, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm totally going to do something for you. That's happening. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I've yeah. got, I've got, I've got some surprises. I've got some names that people will not expect. That's for Ooh, sure. Ooh, That's exciting. But I'm okay. also I'm also always have my ear to the underground, you know, like the the one who's maybe only shared the songs with ten other people ever, and like I want to share it with everybody, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of those too. That's awesome. I can tell in your voice you're just like very <laughs> exciting. Yes, yeah, so it's like crafty, crafty. Yes, well, it's taken me this long to kind of you know have the reach of community where I can reach out to people and be like, Hey, I heard you're working on a new album. Can I hear one of the demos? Oh yeah, sure. Like that's a huge privilege, but it's also now it's an opportunity. It's like, well, throw me a song, you know, like I'm yeah. going to put it out on my little label and people get stoked. At least somebody's thriving. <laughs> uh, you've made my night with this, this, uh, interview. I've been looking forward to this all, you know, since oh, me too. To it. So thank you. Yeah. No, thanks so much for being on. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Just remembered that I forgot to ask Dustin how he sparkles and destroys. However, I'm sure we covered that in the conversation. So there you go. Let's get into the music that we listened to on this episode. Started off with Google It by Grim Deeds, as well as Grim Deeds Just Be Kind and At My Funeral. We only heard a snippet of At My Funeral, so go check out the whole track over at Grim Deeds on Bandcamp. Next, we had Sunday Girl, uh, a Blondie cover by Kim Warnick of the Fastbacks. Gotta get her on. Next, we had Grim Deeds doing Time. And then after that, we had Saturday Night Karaoke. That's that band out in Indonesia as part of Laptop Punk Records singing Pandemic Generation, which I thought was so fun and so cool. You'll be glad to know that all of these releases are available on Bandcamp, either at Grim Deeds Bandcamp or at Laptop Punk Records on Bandcamp. And go ahead and check out grimdeeds.blogspot.com for a bunch of cool interviews that um, Dustin has done with lots of other artists and that's available for you on the interwebs. Okay, well, that's all I have for you today. Um, I hope you do your sit-ups. I hope you thrive. I hope you sparkle and destroy.